welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for August 17. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. No one likes a hypocrite. The English word hypocrite has its origin in the Greek word for actor. And like actors, hypocrites typically love the applause of the crowd as they say one thing and do the opposite. Come with me to a scene we find in Luke's Gospel as Jesus travelled towards Jerusalem. The details speak of its historical authenticity. A woman crippled with an incurable sickness and a pompous leader of the synagogue with his high-minded rule-keeping. The scene unfolds in Luke chapter 13, verses 10 following. Luke 13, verses 10 to 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When Jesus laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath day untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all of his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things he was doing. Teaching in a synagogue one Sabbath, Jesus noticed a badly crippled woman, bowed and helpless, possibly with spondylitis deformance. It may be that her infirmity drew attention, or she may have used it as an excuse to be noticed. Certainly, she had a problem. Luke the physician tells us that a spirit, an evil spirit, had caused this physical infirmity for 18 years. Inviting her to come over to him, no doubt so that everyone could see, Jesus said to her, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. Luke tells us that Jesus laid his hands on her and immediately she was able to stand up straight again. Feeling strength and health in her body, the woman's first response was to praise and glorify God. The moment of joy, however, was brought to an abrupt halt when the synagogue ruler angrily stepped in. You have six other days in the week for work, he said. You're not to practice medicine on the Sabbath. But Jesus was not deterred. You hypocrites, he said. Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? Ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? For Jesus Her healing symbolized something more than God's power and compassionate work. 
It symbolized her release from the power of sin and evil. Furthermore, in saying that it was right to heal on the Sabbath, Jesus was pointing out that the Sabbath was consecrated for the good and proper end of creation. Two parables that follow underline this. Both highlight the prolific and pervasive growth of God's kingdom. The parable of the mustard seed shows how, from a tiny, insignificant beginning, God's kingdom would become immense. From the modest beginning of twelve men, and one of them a traitor, in a tiny province in the Roman Empire, would grow a group numbering millions upon millions upon millions. The final return of God's king is in mind. If you have ever made bread, you'll know how the yeast finds its way through the dough, doubling its size or more, if left long enough. Similarly, God's kingdom will find its way right through society, into the lives of insignificant men and women, as well as into the corridors of political and economic power. The healing of the crippled woman was a sign of God's power and of Jesus' authority. It was a sign of the decision God had made to liberate men and women from their bondage to sickness, to sin and to Satan. This was God's good purpose. And look how Jesus treated this crippled woman. She was a nobody, an outcast, and yet he was prepared to put his reputation on the line for her. He made available for her the benefits of the kingdom of God. What an encouragement this is for us. Everyone is acceptable. It doesn't matter who we are. There are no exceptions. And that is why there'll be many surprises on the final day. So let me pray. Lord God, you know us to be set in the midst of so many great changes that by reason of the frailty of our nature, we cannot always stand upright. Grant us such strength and protection as may support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, we thank you for bringing us safely to this day. Protect and preserve us by your mighty power and grant that today we fall into no sin nor run into any kind of danger. Lead and govern us in all things, so that we may always do what is right in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all men and women and banish from them the spirit that makes for war, so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty Father, we commend to your goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed, especially those who are known to us. May it please you to comfort and relieve them, according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. 
All this we ask, for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be amongst us, and remain with us always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and the Bible reader, Carol McCormick, from Emmanuel Anglican Church, New York City. The prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978. The opening and concluding music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Also, you may like to listen to He Will Hold Me Fast from Keith and Kristen Getty. You can find He Will Hold Me Fast at www.gettymusic.com.